Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. In today's world, chaos is the only certainty. Over the last several years, we have witnessed the impossible occur in global events. The need for families and individuals to not only survive, but to thrive is now greater than ever. Experts the world over have emphasized the importance of generating additional forms of income. In the technologically advanced world we live in today, what if there was a way that we can use technology-powered AI where we can have algorithms do the work for you? Well, thanks to Algo Factory, that is exactly what we did. We teach you not only to leverage the market and carve out profits in the chaos, but we show you how to have a better quality of life by creating your own custom algorithm that trades on your behalf 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All the while, you can continue with your day-to-day -day responsibilities, checking in when needed on your trades that is working for you. Many clients of Algo Factory have been able to fund their savings, go on dream vacations, and even quit their nine to five jobs. They have created more time for themselves and more time for their families, all through the power of advanced AI and their personal custom algorithm, Algo Factory. Trade your job, upgrade your life. Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Today is today. And yesterday was today, yesterday. Tomorrow will be today, tomorrow. So live today. So the future today will be as the past today. <laughs> it is tomorrow. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> whatever whatever they're putting joe biden on uh, oh, i want some some, uh, some sloppy seconds of whatever the, those drugs are i love it i love it folks you're listening to roguenews.com we have with us the man of the hour who needs no introduction it is the legendary matthew Everett, the brain trust himself uh you can follow him over at the canadian patriot.org risingtidefoundation.net get his books symphony of two americas volume one volume two volume three is there a volume four yeah there's a volume four there's a volume four as well as his wife cynthia's work as well amazing amazing job matthew does and also the links are all in the description box and also guys check out algo factory if you haven't done so already 
Check out Algo Factory. It is the place to learn to trade your job and upgrade your life. Trade your job, upgrade your life. Some hard-hitting courses that teach you how not just to trade, but to build an algorithm that trades for you, that does its job, and it's effective. And it's for the low, low price of a tax write-off of $49.99 a month. For less than 50 bucks a month that you can write off in taxes, algofactory.tech. The link is in the description box. And folks, show your support to Rogue with FJ Balloons. FJ Balloons NFTs delivered to you weekly on the back of the NFTs. Once you get the F- uh, FJ Balloons on the back of the NFTs, when we, once, we, once we fully launch the program every week, you'll get an NFT for free. That in the back are the headlines. You click the headlines, bang, it takes you directly to the news articles. It is truly amazing. It's minted on the Ethereum blockchain. So when the price of Ethereum goes up, your NFT token goes up. So it's a win, win, win. We've gamified news and politics as we gear up for the new launch of the decentralized, completely uncensorable rogue news that is 100% blockchain-based and built on Web3. So it's going to be pretty awesome. With that being said, Matthew, what's up, buddy? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Congratulations on uh, the new initiatives. I know I've been part of the, the the conversation, hearing you brief me on this, and just seeing this thing incubate for a couple of years. So it's finally, it's good to see it finally it's taking the stage. Slowly but surely, it's coming together, man. It's cool. it's coming together. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a lot of work, bro. It's a lot of work, Matt. Uh, I know you got a lot of things. So I want I want to show you this because this yeah. Thursday, it's very important in the United States that the uh, the, that the Americans know what's coming for them and. Um, I think this is key. I just want to play this for you real quick as well, Matt. So love to have your comment on this. This is like incredible what we're witnessing here. Look at this. This is the southern border, man. Mm. Holy moly. Just wow. 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 Yeah. Because this Thursday, uh, Title 42 ended. Ends. So we're about to get bombed by over... Conservative estimates are 700,000, but real estimates are between 1.5 to 2 million people about to barge across the border. Wow. That's that's wild. This is insane. In a time when the economy, the, America's economy is buckling. Yeah, they, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, this it's like a perfect storm on so many levels right now. Um, they're, they're really setting the stage right now for a complete shitstorm. Um, the banking system, we've already seen the biggest bank fl- failures even – that have outpaced even what we saw nearly take down the world economy back in 2008. Um, that's not sustainable. The, yeah. the, I mean, at every point, what we're seeing is a, is a replication of Weimar 1923 hyperinflation mixed with elements of the, the Great Depression 1929 controlled blowout, where all the, the broker call loans that had been overvalued by a factor of like you know 400% were all called in in a coordinated fashion in 1929 at the exact same moment on the same day. And only those on the inside were allowed to, to get off with their, um, with their shirts and actually made a fortune in a, in a giant wealth transfer. But now you have the physical component back in the 1920s, you still had a more viable uh, ability to, to construct the physical economy. Yeah. It's been 60 years of, of destruction of the means of sustaining and improving infrastructure. Um, the war on farmers on small and medium enterprises has been ongoing now for 50 years. And that's been devastating. The average life uh, or average life of farmers in terms of their age is like 
nearly 60. Nobody wants to go into farming. They can't survive. They're being choked. Um, so food production is being annihilated. Food processing facilities are going up in smoke. And then you have an increased amount of um, human capital being in- consciously brought in yeah. from a country that we've destroyed south of the border. Like, I mean, Dude, this is bad. People want to be in America because this is going to obviously stoke the flames of a lot of the conservatives, especially who are desperate. They can't pay their bills. They don't they don't have jobs. Most yeah. people are not living a, a happy financial life right now. So the the amount of um, of pain and resentment towards um, those stealing your low paying jobs like Mexicans is, is very, very high. This is going to be a, a kindling, just like we saw in, in the case of Germany in the 1930s or 20s, even before that, where uh, the economic demoralization creates a situation where people want objects to hate and to 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 rage against same thing for america you know in the in the in the 1929 30 31 when eugenics was embraced because the idea was you know like why are we spending money on keeping uh you know useless eaters alive when it's when i can't even feed my family you know so eugenics was being really embraced so all of this stuff it's it's really a a, a pressure cooker that's being put consciously on high. That's what it, 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 Matt, it's crazy. This is a, this is a multi-billion dollar logistics program that's being executed on us with this migrant crisis. And Matt, you hit the nail on the head. We have a buckling economy. We have infrastructure that's mysteriously blowing up left and right, right? Mm-hmm. Derailments and whatnot. We have food processing facilities that are vital going up in flames. Just like last week when that dairy farm in Texas went up, 18,000 cows died. 18,000 cows. Mm -hmm. So it's incredible what is occurring, man. This is a, it's a real pressure cooker, Matt. Yeah. Millions of chickens, eggs are being destroyed over like claims of bird flu. flu. Self is a bit of a, a, a head, a head fake that's been put out there over the past 20 plus years to basically have a, 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 you know, a, a health-based justification for destroying the food supply on another level. Um, across Canada, I mean, especially in Quebec, you have dairy farmers who are being forced to destroy their excess milk production and egg production because they're, uh, they're over-exceeding quotas. And we have very specific quotas at a time of mass hunger. You know, 15,000 children die of hunger every single day on the earth unnecessarily. And in that context, we're we're destroying excess milk because we have arbitrary quotas that have been put onto farmers, dairy farmers, to uh, to to produce under, both for partially environmental reasons. We're told because you know producing too much is bad for the environment, as well as market reasons, saying that you know the the market supply will be glutted, so uh, we we have to ensure that there's a. Uh, the correct pricing on the markets, the free markets that we supposedly champion um, by getting them to artificially destroy their, their excess. It's, it's just insane on so many levels. Um, It's really, it's, it's dizzying. It's really dizzying. It really is, man. I I think it's a complete breakdown in society that's occurring. I don't, New York is imploding in these fake protests over a, a 44 time convicted uh, felon, basically who would, died supposedly uh in a chokehold i think more likely the guy died from whatever drugs he was on you know and they're and they're marketing it in the media and uh the scumbag politicians are involved in it um they are marketing it as the next george floyd 2.0 
It's societal breakdown like you would not believe, man. It's incredible. Yeah, and it, you know, it, it's not like these these people that we were just seeing from Mexico literally just want to come here to steal our jobs uh, or to live in the the land of milk and honey. I don't even think that they think that. It's just that they, their life in Mexico and their homeland, which they would prefer to be in, as would anybody who leaves their country. You know, the Libyans living leaving to go to Greece and Europe across the the, the Mediterranean with huge numbers of deaths and and you know capsized boats every single week there's it's still going on you know people in the middle east and north africa don't would would rather live in their their home countries in iraq and libya and syria um same thing for mexico and el salvador and in all of these countries in in south america they would rather not leave it's just that their lives have been made so unbearable for reasons that most americans and canadians don't want to think about or europeans which is that we under NATO, under the five eyes, under the U.S. military industrial complex, gave our, our consent to bombing the hell out of these countries in more recent years since 9-11, which, which accounts for all of the, the refugees influxing into Europe. And the case of, of Mexico, maybe we didn't bomb them militarily, but we consciously carried out a policy of economic destruction. Due to the fact that they had nationalist presidents who wanted to uh, walk yep. in the footsteps of this Lincoln. is you're, you hit the nail on that. This is blowback, man. This is CIA classic yeah. CIA blowback for look. We spent fifty years overthrowing thirty six plus democratically you know elected governments all throughout the world. The majority of which, thanks to the School of Americas and all, all the other proxy. Uh, 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 front groups that the CIA created, we've overthrown so many Central uh, and, and South American governments, put in dictators, created economic failure, destroyed food dependency on themselves and made them dependent upon us. And now it's like, dude, we're reaping the whirlwind of insanity. It's incredible, man. The, the, it's incredible, the best man. are these fake Biden leaks in uh, in recent recent. Uh... About a month and a half, there's been a lot of these, uh, not even leaks, I'll, I'll call them declassified uh, gifts to the world to see the truths of the past from the, from the misdeeds uh, that have been kept secret by U.S. intelligence that Biden in angelic Biden and Kamala Harris have been so kind to declassify and make public, which um, reeks, reeks of misinformation, one of which being... Um, the, uh, the 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 selective leaks that have been protecting Russia apparently American intelligence for the past sixty years since JFK's murder have been protecting Russia because it was discovered that Lee Harvey Oswald, as as was revealed in one of these uh, FBI classified leaks that that Biden made public a few months ago, um, was actually in New Mexico calling up the Soviet embassy in 1963, getting instructions on uh, how to kill, how the Soviets wanted him to kill JFK. And so we know that there's still 5,000 documents that have remained classified. Despite that fact that there's these documents that have been re remaining classified and those that have been released by Biden are mostly 99% redacted anyway, but this one's not redacted. And it actually shows how uh, finally the U.S. is not going to protect Russia anymore. And, and it, it, basically they're trying to nudge the narrative to make it seem that it wasn't the CIA, it wasn't the three different triangulated shooters that killed JFK, but it was actually the Russians. And it's been proven that this actual case that's been known about, that apparently uh, Lee Harvey was was walking around in New Mexico, 
was actually a body double. He was never in New Mexico, making a name for himself, going to every store saying, I am Lee Harvey Oswald. Here is my money. I want to I want to buy guns to kill a president like this guy. Walks it's, around it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, like obviously not the guy. It, 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 was, it was it reminded me of uh, on 9-11 when you had the guy who who was on flight 93. That's I don't know which flight it was. The one that went down to Shanksville, uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Todd Beamer was his name. Right. He goes, hi, mom. This is Todd Beamer. You know, Todd. I mean, because that's what, you know, that's what I do. Yeah. I don't know if you if when you call your mom, Matt, you'd be like, hi, mom, this is Matthew Eric. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, so contrived. And that's how people need oh, to realize. God, that's how dumb these idiots are. <laughs> yeah, the world is narrative, right? It's storytelling. And people have to really realize how they're being played by, we all like stories. Human beings respond. And this goes back to the days of ancient shamanic rituals and early tribal societies. It was discovered that when you speak allegorically in the form of narratives, you create stories of the various gods doing battle. You can get, you can enchant people. It's a form of, of sort of the same type of effect you one would get from, from certain types of hypnotic trances. Um, that's what children easily re resonate to because we are a creature, of, we are a creative species that resonates to stories that tickle the imagination, that act upon con concepts of causality, that gives us satisfaction, gives us meaning. Our, our intellectual guard goes down when we're given a story. That's why Netflix, Hollywood, there's been so much resources by the CIA poured into uh, controlling these domains of stories because that's how we're best, our identities, what we can be, what we're supposed to adapt to are best shaped by, uh, by the domain of, of fiction especially if it's done well. So all that to say, the world is shaped by these sort of creative writers um, in intelligence agencies that use these, these techniques and have been used for thousands of years. They're a little bit more refined, but it's the same techniques from ancient Babylon and before that. Um, and and when, when your intelligence agencies come out and circulate information for you, that, that gives you a narrative, you always have to think twice. And the, the reason why I brought this up with the, J, the Lee Harvey Oswald thing, um, or as you brought up with the 9-11 stories that were being given, um, is that th there's a there's a, a, a recent one that Biden just uh, released, a, a new classified piece of, of CIA intelligence that he released that, that showcases that uh, President... Um, Lopez Portillo of Mexico from 1977 to 81 was actually a CIA agent the whole time. And um, this was done not really so much for the American people, so much as it was for the, the, to, to undermine and mindfuck the, the Mexicans. Because what's been going on for the past 40 plus years in Mexico, especially since, since Lopez Portillo stood up at the United Nations and called for, um, a debt jubilee when he nationalized the banks of uh, of Mexico in 1980-81 when he pushed a uh, a massive program of national development around the petroleum industry around massive infrastructure and that and when Lopez Portillo the president was working with the presidents of Brazil of Argentina of the non-aligned movement led by Indira Gandhi around the same time unfortunately those other ibero-american presidents were threatened and backed off leaving Obrador out to hang. Um, he made a lot of enemies amongst the leading um, bankers of the city of London, of Wall Street, that had controlled the IMF, that had controlled the World Bank, and that 
worked very hard to overthrow him from the deep state built up, run by the United States and British intelligence inside of Mexico, overthrew him, and ever since have been punishing Mexico economically year after year, destroying the peso, ensuring that no other nationalist leader would ever arise again in uh, in Mexico, propping up the drug cartels that would always launder their money through the Wall Street and NASDAQ stock exchange, through the Wall Street banks. That's been the case not only for Mexico, but also for the FARC guerrillas in uh, in Colombia, um, who have you know, been working very closely integrated with the HSBC, London-based drug money laundering center, the, the, the monarchy's Bank Kutz, which has also been caught and found guilty, just like HSBC, for laundering hundreds of billions of dollars of drug money laundering for decades, has been working openly with these narco cartels, narco terrorists of Latin America, um, as a way to, or as well as of the mafia. I mean, but but really, these these regions both to prop up the global banking octopus, while at the same time creating black money, like money that's off the books that goes on to fund terrorism, other forms of training centers for terrorist activity, both in the Middle East, for Africa, for Mali, as well as for Latin America itself. Um, and also prop up destabilizing controlled organized crime syndicates in these various countries that are that are deployed to destroy local politicians, mayors, governors, higher up members of parliament of Ibero-American countries when they get too nationalistic and see their family members kidnapped, killed, or they themselves finding themselves assassinated, as has been the case with dozens and dozens of mayors who stand up against this machine in Mexico itself. So the, the people, the, Biden circulated this saying that, oh yeah, no, Obrador was a CIA um, agent the whole time. Bullshit. Obrador did everything and risked his life to save Mexico, to stand up against this international oligarchy. And Mexico's been punished ever since because of his trans transgre uh, transgression. And now you're seeing, uh, Obr oh, sorry, I said Obrador, I meant to say Portillo. Yeah. Sorry, Portillo. But now Obrador is, is reviving elements of this, but despite that not having any allies in the United States or in Canada, which he desperately needs, he does have some allies in China, thank God. He does have allies um, amongst other Ibero-American countries who hopefully this time can stand up and give him the support he needs to carry out the fight. But frankly, I mean, uh, it's it's a bad situation across the board. And uh, and I saw you had a picture there of... of, of Prince, uh, Prince King, King Charles. Uh, his name is King Charles, Matthew. It's, and he's one of your most favorite uh, characters in global, the global stage. And uh, this is King Charles. And I don't know if we call her Queen Kamala or Kamala Parker, or, or, or is she Mistress uh, Queen. I'm not sure what we call I, her. I think, I think uh, if you go by. King Charles's uh, nickname for her, I, I think he. Oh no! It, what is it? He her himself was the tampon, right? He's like, I want to be your tampon. <laughs> that was that was the most disturbing image that was recorded. That is disgusting. These yeah, people are when, sick. When he was still with Princess Diana, um, before <laughs> father killed Diana. Which, by the way, if anybody wants to uh, get a really good story, there. Um, there's uh, a, you a think the Honorable Prince Philip killed Diana? Yeah, Dodi Al-Fayed proved it very well. There's a documentary from 2011. That is true. I, I agree with that. Unlawful killing. What, um, don't, don't you know that sometimes, Matthew, that the cameras, the CCTV cameras that operate in tunnels, all 11 of them could malfunction at the same time. It's total coincidence. 
Yes, yes, yes. And the, the, the ambulance carrying Princess Diana, who likely was pregnant with Dodi Al-Fayed's child, uh, just had to take a bunch of detours and take an hour and a half to get to a hospital that was 10 minutes away. They were using MapQuest at that time. They were not using Google Maps. Otherwise, it could have plotted a faster route to the hospital. Yes, that, that was probably it. Now, there's so many holes in that story. But, I mean, the fact that Diana was actually a moral human being. And, I mean, her elimination... I mean that that was intolerable. Having somebody who was who had a conscience, who was moral, and who understand the, the how disgusting the the in, the internal culture and behavior of the the inner oligarchy actually was, um, having somebody like that with the type of influence of a queen was was just intolerable. So she had to be eliminated, and it's a good reminder just of what the hell is this sickness inside of the entire transatlantic community because. People think of the American Empire. I'm gonna write a book on it one day, man. You should. I, I, I think I figured it out. Go for it. it, it no, it's it's a lengthy thing. I I, I literally believe, um, and I think one of the examples I was looking at is uh, Jesus Christ. I, I was looking at this the other day, and I said to myself, "Holy crap, this is a really good understanding. This kind of like captures the 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 uh, the, the the basics of how the West is the way mm-hmm. it is." Mm-hmm. It really comes down to, and I've always, you know, worked. Uh, I I always look at groups, right, who are involved in, you know, LARPing events. You know, these these are live action role play, uh, you know, where they dress up as yeah, yeah. Uh, different characters, and they have weekends where they uh, play out live action Dungeons and Dragons, so to speak, in the woods, right? And they dress up as fourteenth level night elf, warhawks, and warlocks, and whatever, right? And yep. um, and and I was saying to myself, it's like it's like when you've created the one of the things that the West has done, okay, is they've created such a mythology about themselves and narratives and storylines, right? Which in the beginning was okay because you know the ones who created the narratives and the storylines, they never really believed the narratives and storylines. They sold this to the mass population because the mass population needed to be controlled, so on and so forth. But generation after generation of victory after victory, and, the, and as Western culture and Western empires and the oligarchies began to expand and start enveloping much of the world, uh, at some point, a, a, a tipping point occurred where the narratives and the mythologies and the stories that were created by the Western elites in order to in, uh, you know, inoculate the senses of the masses Next thing you know, they started believing it themselves. They literally became the uh, the, the 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 what's the word the um, the drug dealer who got high on his own supply, right? They yeah. started believing their own BS, yeah. and they literally believe. Think of it. I used to think these people were diabolically intelligent, and they and they have some real diabolically uh, diabolical intelligence, and they and they really don't believe what they're doing. They're they're playing five you know five D chess or something like that. And the reality is they, they're not playing 5D chess. When you actually read the writings of these people, like these morons on the screen, they literally believe this, right? When you yeah. get around billionaires who became billionaires in Wall Street under the, under the banking, uh, the monetary system, the economic system that we have in the United States, they literally believe that inflation is transitory. They literally believe 
were the largest in, in economy in the world. They literally believe that nothing could dethrone us. They literally believe that China is a backwater country filled with rice patties and buffaloes, and Russia is some old dilapidated world power, and, and the rest of the world is a bunch of barbarism. This is why Joseph Burrell could say that Europe is a garden and the rest mm-hmm. of the world is a jungle mm-hmm. because he literally believes that, right? These people are not living in reality. So when they dress up, I mean, look at these clowns. They're dressed up in costumes and regalia that you can find in a party city store, right? It, it, but to them, the, this regalia, the costumes, the pomp and the circumstance and all these things are so important to that. It's part of their live action role play. And that's the problem with the West. And how does this occur, right? How does this occur? This is why I keep telling people e- economics is the driver of human civilization. The fact you have a written word is because man wanted to keep tabs on the assets that he possesses. Hence the term, you know, uh, balancing your what? Books came about, right? Well, you have the printing press because there was a need, not only for language, language derived out of the fact that man needed to keep tabs on his assets. God gave Adam the ability to do what? Name the animals. Why was it important to name the animals? Because he needed to have dominion over them, rule over them, right? Rule of things. This is a human concept, right? So when you, so in order for economics to work, you have to have right measures and what? Right weights and what? True scales. And when you get away from right measures and right weights and true scales, in other words, real mark to market, real underlying value under real assets and real physical production. You get away from that, you get into fantasy economics, you get into phantom economics, you get into uh, uh, la-la land economics. And that type of la-la land and fantasy economics starts to subvert reality. This is why money is a very powerful thing. Wealth is a powerful thing. Because when it's not based on reality, it's based on fantasy. And the West has thrown off and has cast off all restraint and has embraced fantasy in the economic sense. And now it has embraced fantasy in the military sense. It has embraced fantasy in the societal sense. And now here we are today, completely broken, completely bankrupt, no physical production, but we have paper. And we believe that the paper we print has value. And what is a woman. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it comes out to. It's all yeah. linked to this, man. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I, I think that more treatment needs to be conducted on this issue of, of the, um, the, the, the the certain specific species of insanity that expresses itself amongst oligarchical uh, castes, especially, and any system which becomes entrapped for too long by that type of oligarchical systems of management, which infuse that type of worldview and infest every lower echelon rung all the way down the the chain of command to the to the local drug dealers as well who have a little bit of that that oligarchical ethos in their own identities right of might makes right um you know living a life that you're not in harmony with yourself as an individual and so such that all of your relations are contaminated by that disharmony you have inside of you because of certain false concepts false passions false delusions, stories you tell yourself, um, which allow you to to become something which is going to make your soul sicker and sicker and sicker the, until to the degree that you hold on to those delusions, right? And to, and your your life, your body, the society that you're, you're a part of is going to 
be also affected negatively by that. Um, yeah, you're just that's that's what I just sent you, right? Is a little thing. And, and here's a good example of the sort of thing that Prince Charles and his um, you know, family are uh, are expressing is like Prince Charles has a, a heritage of delusion that he's been given. His uncle, King Edward VIII, who was the uh, the figure you just saw there teaching young Queen Elizabeth uh, to do the the, the Nazi Sikh Heil, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that is something which is an unresolved problem that continues to infest the world today because, you know, we're, we're living in victory day. So yesterday was the, the, you know, or two days ago was the coronation of King Charles as the official monarch in this weird pomp and regalia that had, that's, that's, uh, Philip over there, Montbatten. That's the guy. Um, yeah, that's some leading SS officers doing a Nazi march in Germany, uh, Philip himself is the grandson of Queen Victoria, just like Queen Elizabeth, who is the uh, recently deceased, but also granddaughter of Queen Victoria. And um, he had four sisters, all of whom were married to high-level Nazi officials. One of them was a Nazi SS officer. Philip himself was trained in a Nazi eugenics-run school in, in Germany uh, before he went on to become the Prince of Greece and then later on went on to marry uh, Queen Elizabeth. Um, under a bit of a, an operation which was managed by, um, uh, I'm forgetting the name of his uncle, who was managing his entire life. Um, the, the guy who oversaw the partition of India and, and Pakistan after 1945, what was his name? Um, oh, God. Um, forgetting his name. Anyway, not, another pro-Nazi, racist, globalist, eugenicist. Um, all that to say that Philip, the eugenicist, People act in, in shows like The Crown that he's this quirky character who just, you know, uh, is, is, is angry that he doesn't have the spotlight the way his wife did, but is otherwise a very harmless, likable, old, grandfather-like figure um, who is just a big environmentalist. And no, the fact is that his, his environmental work... That Cyril Rat Radcliffe, that's the guy. Cyril no, Radcliffe. No, 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 I'm thinking of uh, somebody else. The um, uh, Mar Montbatten. Oh, right. Mountbatten. Mount, Mount, Mount um, Mount he was the the uncle of Philip who arranged the marriage between Philip and Elizabeth as sort of like breeding cattle. So that's and that's what you have to realize. Earl Mountbatten of Burma. Yeah, the 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 pedophile Louis Mountbatten, who was who oversaw massive death of Indians on the behalf of the British Empire. He oversaw yep. the partitioning of India and the creation of this new artificial state of Pakistan, a Muslim dominated. Pakistan that would then be used as kindling to create wars for the next coming decades managed by the British, the same way the British did with Sudan, with the North and South Sudan, the same way they tried to do with almost every single uh, colony they've ever gotten their hands on is they partition and divide groups and favor one group over another in order to create divide, per perpetual war, divide to conquer. Now, Mountbatten himself was um, a pedophile. I don't want to get too off topic, but and, and a eugenicist. And uh, he trained Prince Philip in everything he knows. P Prince Philip went on to found the World Wildlife Fund with um, another Nazi, uh, high Nazi official, formerly, named uh, Prince Bernhard of the Netherlands, who uh, was from the House of Orange. And together, these guys with Julian Huxley, another president of the Eugenic Society in 1961, set up the World Wildlife Fund. And Prince Philip went on to work with Maurice Strong, who was his vice president of the World Wildlife Fund, the guy who 
who co-founds the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab, another figure with many Nazi connections of his parental and grandparental uh, high-level Nazi family. Um, Whitney Webb's website covered this in a few articles. The But you have Maury Strong, an openly devout uh, eugenicist who himself was recruited by the Rockefeller machine in the early 60s and then became uh, the head of Power Corporation, where he selected, he was on the selection committee, Maury Strong, of... Uh, of prince of of yeah sort of the canadian prince the new canadian aristocracy of uh, pierre elliott trudeau in 1963 when oh, trudeau was was paraded on to seeing if, who had the talent to become the next puppet prime minister of of canada and there was maurice strong as he brags about in his biography that was conducted by elaine Dewar in 1994 called cloak of green uh with first-hand accounts by maurice strong directly that elaine Dewar uh, transcribed and Strong brags about this. He was on the selection committee. And so you have Strong working with Prince Philip together working to create. And what does is, what is Maury Strong do? He sets up the Canadian International Development Agency in 1968 as he's working in the Ministry of External Affairs of Canada. This is while he's he's a high-level privy councillor at this point, never, never elected to anything. And what does he do? Well, he's the head of CETA. The, the Canadian International Development Agency. It's kind of like the, the Canadian US aid. Um, he basically rewires that entire organization to provide a new type of funding mechanism and model to Africa, such that now African countries will be able to receive Canadian government money on the condition that they, they, they remain obedient to IMF and World Bank conditionalities and apply what Maurice Strong develops as the godfather of the Great Reset and Green Revolution in the form of appropriate technologies, which Maurice Strong, and this is what he does under Prince Philip, under the World Wildlife Fund, ensures that if you're going to get a million dollars or, or a, a hundred million dollar loan, you're only allowed to use it not for inappropriate technologies for an African or Asian country, but appropriate. This is a racist Nazi policy that basically said, okay, well, what is, it, what is an inappropriate technology? It's anything which allows your society to have too much economic power and sovereignty, like natural gas, coal, oil, uh, nuclear power, definitely foreboding. Um, appropriate technologies are the type of technologies like windmills, the, the sort of thing we were using 600 years ago, uh, which was fine in the medieval, medieval ages or in uh, the, the, the 16th century Netherlands. Having windmills for your power was fine. If you're doing that today, it's genocide because you're basically you're basically condemning these people to accessing low quality, very expensive technology that will never allow them to industrialize or end their poverty or hunger or anything else. That's what Maurice Strong was was assigned to do. Prince Philip again pushed this and used every bit of resources that he had as a uh, living representative of a of a very long inbred family within the crown and. You know, Prince Charles, while he was prince for the past 30 years, now king, he's still the president of the British World Wildlife Fund for Nature. So that continue, continuing the, the family tradition, Prince Charles is a close friend of Klaus Schwab. He has worked to create the uh, the Crown uh, Business Council. He's worked with, the, with, with Lynn Forrester de Rothschild at the, at the World Economic Forum. Um, and the Vatican to create the as part of the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, the idea of infusing morality back into capitalism, which sounds nice. And I'm, I'm for that, except their idea of morality is basically a mis, 
a depopulated green ethos of preserving nature from human activity. So their idea of morality or values is the is the morality of a master class of fascists who value the moral uh, incentives needed to make monetary gains for doing activities which which contract the means of supporting life, like applying blue dot. Uh, you know the you've heard of the blue dot um, network. Sounds familiar. It's it's the it's the U.S. Israeli uh, Five Eyes British program to counteract the Belt yes. Initiative. Yes. Oh yeah, now I remember. Oh yeah, the Great Blue Dot. Yes. Yeah, it's basically Green New Deal, anti-BRI, and they're they're basically offering a few, like some billions of dollars to build windmills and solar panels in in the in the deserts of South Asia and uh, and Africa as a way to beat back China. Absurd. And this is what Prince Charles has been promoting. Looks like Maloney's behind it. And this is the problem. The fake right and the fake left nonsense, right? Yeah. Look at Maloney, right? She says all the right things to get all the conservatives all, hey, we're in it. And then Italy, which has been gutted by globalism, just like the United States, just like the UK, just like Canada, right? The same parasites that have gutted Italy. Now she's like the very thing that could help Italy grow and to really, you know, break away is what? Oh. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to pull the plug on the Belt and Road Initiative, yeah. which which is the thing that catapulted Italy to great wealth during the Middle Ages, during the times of Marco Pollo, you know, and now look at yeah. this. Yeah, and be- before in, in 2008 and 19, Italy was the first European um, nation to sign on a memorandum of understanding to join the Belt and Road Initiative before um, a certain coup installed a technocratic uh Neo Malthusian um, uh, Draghi into power, who was then replaced by by this woman, Georgia. But uh, the the previous 2019 government of Italy was actually very very smart and completely on board with res- restoring back that ancient ancient tradition of a thousand years ago, where Italy was the at the heart of the East West relationship of the new Silk Road or of the of the old Silk Road. Um, if Italy is going to survive today, it's going to be by re- reviving that. But I mean. Go back and so go, going back to my narrative, what I my my what I was saying here is that because um, this is this is everything that Prince Charles, Maurice Strong, the entire uh, Nazi revival movement under the neo eugenics of environmentalism of the early sixties was deployed to prevent. Because at that same time in nineteen sixty one, you had the murder of Enrico Mattei. Um, the leading industrialist of uh, Italy who had a lot of connections and was working and committed morally to ending poverty in Africa and, and South, A- South Asia by providing the means of having industrial growth and full spectrum economies. And uh, his plane was destroyed in, a, in an operation run by Italian fascist, um, unreconstructed Italian fascists from Mussolini's Italy who were brought into Anglo-American intelligence in under the, the helm of NATO under what was known as NATO's secret armies. Uh, this was was exposed with a uh, Andriotti, a, 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 an Italian prime minister of 1992, who was a part, he himself was a leading member of Operation Gladio, the, the NATO secret army operation. And he gave a, a speech where he actually exposed and had to admit because all of the evidence had been coming to the surface that this indeed was the case. NATO was running Nazis and fascist run armies. Yep. Um, for the past 50 years before his speech, and that didn't end, um, that carried out targeted assassinations of leaders you don't like, like uh, Enrico Mattei, um, 
my wife Cynthia in her new book on uh, the, the empire on which the black sun never set goes through the French branch of fascism of the organization de l'armée secrète that tried to kill the gull that had operatives on the ground in Dallas, Texas, working very closely with NATO operatives um, and the CIA's Alan Dulles in coordinating the killing of John F. Kennedy. And uh, if you look at the Canadian branch of this thing, you have a figure um, named uh, Louis Mortimer Bloomfield, who had formerly been OSS, working very closely with British intelligence. He himself was um, a key asset of William Stevenson, who um, oversaw the integration of British and American intelligence in the form of uh, Canada's Camp X, which set the stage for the later purging of the OSS and the reconstitution of a British-run U.S. intelligence agency in the form of the CIA. And Louis Mortimer Bloomfield was found to be at the heart of the assassination uh, plot in North America, not only against de Gaulle, of whom his Permadex operation was expelled from France when de Gaulle's intelligence services discovered it to be at the heart of at least two of the assassination attempts against de Gaulle in 1962 and 63. So he's kicked out of France. He was then kicked out of uh, Sweden for trying similar uh, destabilization operations there. But in America, he did carry out this killing with the help of, again, a lot of uh, NATO-connected operatives uh, of John F. Kennedy. And what did Louis Mortimer Bloomfield do in 1978? He went on to replace Maury Strong as vice president of the World Wildlife Foundation under Prince Charles, uh, sorry, Prince Philip, who was the president at the time overseeing the, the WWF um, under both over as, as the boss of both strong and then Bloomfield himself. So, you know, you got this whole integrated octopus, which has been there, by the way, Harry Bloomfield, who is the nephew of Louis Mortimer Bloomfield is the director of the world trade organization uh, complex, which had two, uh, actually three of their buildings uh, taken down in 2011 in America, but it wasn't just, the American complex. It's an international network that is tied to the permanent industrial exhibition. And in the case of Montreal, where their, their former headquarters were located, um, just about 30 minutes from where I'm speaking to you right now in downtown Montreal, it, it shares the same building as the Canadian branch of the World Trade Organization. Um, so you have, again, it's, it's a very integrated thing. It's very much tied, and I'm saying this not only because it was Prince or Prince or King Charles's uh, coronation the other day, but it, it's also Victory Day today. That's why I'm saying this the way I'm saying this and framing this right now with my overemphasis on the connection of the royal Nazi connection. And this brings up that article that I just published first on the the Last American Vagabonds. Uh, no, no, that that actually first published on my sites. Um, Global Britain has been the name that people need to, to realize has been the foreign the official foreign policy of the Conservative Party of Great Britain since 2021. Global Britain simply means the reconstitution of the global commonwealth as a driving power block that would manage a one world government. Now, if you scroll down in that article, because I, I really just try to get across that the, the crown is not what we think it is. Most Canadians have been sold on this, this narrative that it is a honorable, uh, traditional bit of, you know, regalia and pageantry that has been carrying itself on symbolically, but having no real power over the years. Now, if you just scroll down, there we are. I just want people to linger on this, this 
image here because the crown itself is more than the particular individual inbred uh, useful idiot who happens to occupy the throne of Britain at one time or another, which, by the way, was formerly known as the, the House of Saxe-Kerbe-Goethe, um, a German uh, family which had a name change in World War I because it would look really bad for the German a German family to be fighting the Germans in a geopolitical uh, war. And, and so they went through basically a name change, giving themselves the arbitrary name of the House of Windsor. Um, which they carry to this day, but it's still Saxe-Kerbe-Goethe. Um, now, people are told that the British Empire dissolved after World War II, and now and then the American Empire took over, and now it's an American Empire. That's another big mythology. It's never been true. There is an America which has been acting like an empire. That is true. But there is no such thing as an authentically self-organizing American empire as such. And this is such a big, difficult thing for a lot of people to understand because of the abuse that America has done to the world and to itself over the past 70 plus years, especially since the murder, murder of JFK. It's hard to imagine how America was any different, but it was. That's why eight American presidents were killed. And I say killed, even though only four of them died by bullets, the other four by uh, various forms of poisoning. There were four active presidents who died while in office, and evidence has in each case that they were killed, they were eliminated um, by an Anglo-directed, actually, as my new book points out, Venetian-directed, Anglo-Venetian operation, uh, managing an international deep state with, with columns in India, in Asia, in, um, in South America, across Africa. And just looking today, at the Commonwealth, today's Commonwealth of 54 countries that is under the British Commonwealth with the, the crown at the head, it occupies 23% of the world landmass, 2.6 billion people uh, to varying degrees of influence, and just compare it to the geography of 1920s British Empire, which had about 23% of the world's surface area, similar proportions of people. It's the same bloody thing. It didn't disappear. Within the British Commonwealth, 76% of the minerals and resources that have been looting and, and the companies controlling that quantity of resources looting Africa are still centered in the London Stock Exchange with a high proportion in London as well as in South Africa, and which has thankfully got a lot more independence because of the BRICS and are increasingly breaking free and joining the BRICS. So we're seeing the uh, this Commonwealth dissolve due to the support of Russia, China, and their growing array of, of economic power. But still, it's there. And Canada. Canada is the other big one with Barrick Gold. And there's a lot of Canadian British-run mining cartels centered and that use Canada as a base of operations. The other thing is the, the offshore British Commonwealth Cayman Island banking havens, which have been laundering Remember all, all of that that drug money and terrorist funding and, and all of that drug money laundering that's been laundered for decades and decades? It's vast, the vast majority of it, like 90 plus percent, is through the British Cayman Islands, Virgin Islands, Isle of Man, all British Commonwealth territories. That's how this international complex operates. The crown itself is the largest landowner in the world. The crown enjoys all of the crown corporations, the crown lands, that's all owned by the crown. Um, 
internationally, it is 6.6 billion acres of land with a lot of resources under a lot of that land that is run by the crown. The crown estate um, is an emanation of the crown. The crown estate itself gives 25% of their proceedings to Prince, whatever monarch is sitting there at any given time. It has the, the largest landownings of castles. Half of the seabed around the, the British Isles is owned by the crown estate. This is going to be the greatest beneficiary of the Green New Deal of Great Britain for offshore windmills everywhere that have to pay uh, Prince Char uh, King Charles directly now uh, through the crown estates. The international, this international complex of land is so spread out that it requires a lot of bureaucratic management. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. How are those uh, managed? Through crown agents. And the crown agents has been around since 1833. It still exists. People could go to crown agents, uh, just Google it, crown agents, or just click on the links inside of my website, uh, my article. And you will see that this thing has... It has branches in America that's tied to U U.S. aid. It's funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the U.N. This thing, there it is, Crown Agents. You can go to where we work, who we are, our area of expertise. You can uh, look at what they do. They're highly hyperactive in Africa and Angola and Myanmar. This is all of the different points. They're high, high, highly active in Ukraine. They manage the Ukrainian energy systems healthcare systems, the, the COVID response deployments of many countries, um, Eastern Europe and Central Europe, they're highly active. Um, they're everywhere. It didn't disappear. This thing was set up in 1833 as a, quote, emanation of the crown. There is one owner of this shell. It's basically a, uh, 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 what is it? It's a, it's a, um, um, a holding it's one giant holding company with a one owner called the Crown Agents Foundation, right? Super opaque. Um, this thing is is ubiquitous and again, very enmeshed with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and USAID. USAID is the American branch of CETA, the Canadian International Development Agency, which is itself very, very enmeshed in this supranational deep state run by fascist, unreconstructed Nazis, going all the way up to the highest levels of the city of London and of the highest levels of Wall Street that tried killing Franklin Roosevelt twice before he actually did die in 1945, but tried killing him once with a Freemasonic... Yeah, that's a little history of the uh, of this organization's growth. Um, it's a real thing. People can investigate it. Prince Charles is overseeing all of this. This is global Britain, okay? It is more than simply a nice little symbolic thing. Every single law that becomes law in a, in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, or Britain has to receive royal consent, royal assent by the governor general, the, the queen's, or in this case, king's arm in each of the, the branches of the colonies or dominions as they call them. Londonistan, international terrorism has been, there's books written called Londonistan, assessing Britain's harboring of international terrorist organizations in London because why? Britain is a liberal democratic society that doesn't judge anyone. As long as you don't infringe on the laws of Britain itself, you're free to do whatever you want in, in your own country, whether it's in Myanmar or blowing up buildings in Pakistan or in Syria, as long as you keep things straight on the straight and narrow while your headquarters are in London. 
That's also what London was doing in the 1870s when London was hosting the International Anarchist Conventions of 1872. This is where Mikhail Bakunin and other hardcore anarchists, Emma Goldman, who was running the cult that deployed the terrorist, this Polish idiot, useful idiot who killed McKinley. Um, and she was centered in London. Bertrand Russell of the Neo-Malthusian Eugenics Lead bailed out Emma Goldman when she was in jail for having overseen the killing of President McKinley, the last American Lincoln president who was killed by a bullet in like in 1901. And Bertrand Russell was the one to, who was deployed as another member of the Neo-Malthusian League with Goldman to bail her out of an American prison and bring her back to, to Britain. Um, this thing is, is, this is what killed hundreds, hundreds of statesmen from two czars in Russia uh, interior ministers, four ministers of Russia, 300 municipal, federal, and provincial uh, statesmen of Germany before, during, and after World War I who were anti-fascist, anti-Nazi, killed by anarchist organizations centered in London. The killing of Archduke Ferdinand of Austria by the, by the Serbian Black Hand was an, an anarchist group with a, a, a command structure deployed from London London is the key in all of this. And if you want to look at, well, where does, you know, the problems of the Middle East, isn't, isn't it the Jews, they say? Isn't, aren't the Jews behind all of our problems? That's right. It's them Jews, man. I tell you right now, them Jews, look at it. Look at it. This is all a, a, a house of, 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 of Rosenstein. That's who it is, man. It's the house of Rosenstein. Yeah, buddy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Schleeman Menelowitz. They they're running the show. Schleeman Menelowitz and Rosenstein. They look at them, all of them they're going back. Look at that. All That's of all Rosenstein front groups that were all set up in 1833 before yeah. the Rosenstein family became a thing. Uh, yeah. they they actually had the foresight to set up an international network of crown. And, and here's the thing: it's like Rothschild wouldn't be Rothschild if it wasn't for the crown. Yeah, the crown runs Rothschild. That's what people don't understand, man. No, I, if anything, there's been efforts made by the crown itself. And and I, I won't just say the crown. It's an entire creative writing intelligence operation to um, shift the narrative because they can't hide this information from everybody. So for those that they know, every generation will pick up on the, 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 the big lie. They need to create an explanatory narrative that accepts and acknowledges certain fundamental truths about the conspiracy, but redirects the causal hand from away from the actual hereditary elites occupying the positions of the royal bloodlines of Europe and move it towards somebody who is an acceptable hate absorber. And the Rothschild clan is a very perfect, ideal, convenient, convenient hate absorber, uh, so-called a, a, a scarecrow. Yeah. That can just take it all in. So a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, the Rothschilds yeah, took the ones over the noble families of Europe. It's yeah, the the, the families of Europe. Were, <laughs> the, the monarchies were actually great, and it was just that you had the Rothschilds. And a lot of these people who 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 uh, assert this narrative that the Rothschilds representing the ancient Kazarian evil orcs." And of there's Kazaria, the right there. There's they're the, the ones who they took over the monarchies of Europe. Yeah. And they're the ones who actually funded the Freemasonic American Revolution, which was always just another way to make us more enslaved by giving us the idea that we were more free, but they were all Rothschild Freemasons 
Illuminati, which they often conflate as if they're all the same thing, that yeah. George Washington and all of the founding fathers were, were because they were Freemasons, they were thus Rothschild, the Illuminati, and thus it was a fake revolution, and thus the world would be better. How? If we just went back to the British Empire, and if we just brought back the true noble dignity of the monarchical systems of Europe um, before the American Revolution, and then the world would be this conservative, good place. There would be no Bolshevik, neoliberal wokeism. That wouldn't be there. And so you have this reactionary conservatism, very much targeting a, a lot of the Confederate-minded Southerners who believe in the lost cause mythology that somehow Lincoln was the bad guy in world war in, in the civil war, Correct. which actually was a world war. When you look at the global dynamics of what the civil war was a part of. Um, and, and so we're being played into a acquiescing and support being pawns in a new civil war being planned out. Once again, the way the British had planned out under Lord Palmerston, Lord Giuseppe Mazzini, all of these same controllers of the international terrorist anarchist movements, internationally in the 1840s, 1850s, 1860s, 1870s, who are the same ones who are organizing the U.S. Confederacy to, to secede when you actually had a government that was morally carrying out and defending the principles of the U.S. Constitution under Lincoln. Those same operatives are trying it once again, some generations later now, doing it again and setting the groundwork for a lot of conspiracy theorists to think that it's either the Jews or some combination of the Jews it's and Chinese I like, tell you who it is, Matthew. It's them Jews and them Catholics, alongside with the Masons. That's what's yeah. doing it right now. Well, and, well, and the Chinese. I used to joke around. The oh, the, the evil chai comms, man. Yeah. The evil chai comms. I used to joke around and say, "Look, I want to get the guy who says it's all a Catholic conspiracy. I want to get him into the ring with the guy who says it's a Jewish conspiracy, with the guy who says it's a Mason conspiracy, and the guy who says it's a Chinese CCP conspiracy." Right. And put them all into a ring and have them fight each other because they're all wrong. It's it, they're looking at markers, right? And yeah. they're not looking at the the real causality of the real thing that's behind the. They're not looking at the real power behind the throne, so to speak. Yep, exactly. So it, it's and that's actually one thing I would just encourage people if they want to really get a handle on this. This is uh, my new book, Volume Four of the Clash of the Two Americas on the Anglo-Venetian roots of the deep state. I actually have a whole, I've got several chapters in here. I'm just going to read them out just because I want people to understand how this works. It's, yeah, uh, there's, 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 there's several chapters. One is placing the international terrorist conspiracy in a context. Then, the, then chapter six is placing the Masonic conspiracies into context. Chapter seven is placing the Jewish conspiracy into context. Brilliant. Chapter eight is placing the UFO conspiracy into context. Chapter nine is placing the Chinese communist conspiracy into communist uh, context. And chapter 10 is placing the Jesuit conspiracy into context. So, and then there's an, a whole uh, section after that on the current British empire in much greater detail than I go through, even in this long essay that we were just uh, showcasing to the audience. And then there's a section after that on called uh, act four from Nero's Rome to the city of London, the migration of a parasite tracing out how the oligarchical bloodlines and families of Babylon moved and tr like literally moved um, every time that they had destroyed their host to a new location. Yep. And start from the standpoint of the takeover of Rome, yep. the transformation of the Roman Republic into an empire, the killing of Cicero, how that collapsed and how, um, it moved again to Venice, um, as well as a certain branch that occupied certain controlling centers within the Vatican. So there's elements of truth in many of these 
conspiracy narratives that have been given to us. And uh, from there to Britain for, and the Netherlands, both Britain and the Netherlands. Um, so it goes through uh, that. How did that, that British deep state get uh, created with the city of London, with the Magna Carta, which itself was an oligarchist operation, which enshrined the supranational powers of the city of London as something beyond the reach of any national government in 1214. The Magna Carta was not a good thing, and it had nothing to do with the American Revolution. That is an oligarchical myth. It was an oligarchist's coup, and the only people, this is where the idea of the free man, you know, the, the free man movement, if you just say, I am not my name, I am a free man on the land, that whole thing comes from a legal argument that was put forth by the Magna Carta of 1214. Yep. Um, and the only people who are free men in the, in that are the landowners who own human cattle, which is 99% of the population of Britain in 1214 were the human talking cattle. And only free men were the landowners who owned those, those talking cattle. And those were the owners of the guilds of London, which to this very day are the controllers of the fondy of the trusts of the estates of the leading families of the Lords of these inbred hereditary elites that are very much enmeshed with the Venetian and Dutch counterparts. Um, this is what Prince Bernhard was himself a part of as well. This is what the Magna Carta was and is to this very day. It is not. And so when, when you hear people, for example, like Ian Davis, somebody who's a black pilled, a uh, bit of a, a wannabe guru of conspiracy theories, trying to prove to everybody that everybody is controlled on the global map there everybody is a part of the of the great reset the, the multipolar alliance is a big illusion there's no resistance ian davis is openly on his own website a defender of the magna carta and an ideological libertarian who openly believes that the nation state system itself that was set up in 1648 was it a fraud that should never have existed, that the world would be better if there were no sovereign nation states. This is what Ian Davis himself says. He, se he himself says that we never needed the nation state system because we had the Magna Carta. He himself also says that we don't, that every use of national power to do things is tyrannical and evil and bad because it, every time you use national power or make a law, you're depriving people of their individual desires to do whatever they want, according to what every hardcore libertarian ideologue believes of the Austrian school, which is what Ian Davis also says he is a part of. So if you believe that, then Lincoln or JFK is just as evil as Hitler. And so that, that formula as is as attractive as that is to a lot of people who are in the you know no who are in the conspiracy anti great reset world right now they're getting played because that is not how history works the reason why china russia india other countries are able to fight against this oligarchical drive for creating on earth today what hitler failed to do but nearly came close to doing which is a, a fascist one world government and I'm just going to read here one little thing here for people who are who have any misgivings, who are who tend to be pro-Nazi, because there are amongst anti-Great Reset people that I interface with a lot. There is a, a pro-Nazi revivalism going on right now where people are thinking, oh, but since history is won by the winners and the bad guys running the world today won World War II, thus anybody who lost World War II were the good guys. Well, I'm sorry, that's actually not the case. Um, Hitler literally said to uh, Lord Lothian, the leader of the Roundtable Movement in 1937, he laid out his plans for how the, the post-war, the New World Order should look, where he says to Lord Lothian, this is Hitler, 
that Germany, England, France, Italy, America, and here he's talking about the JP Morgan America that tried to kill FDR twice and succeeded the third time, and Scandinavia, and here he's talking about Finland, Sweden, both of whom are pro-Nazi, which is a big problem today with both Finland and Sweden joining the Nazis, uh, sorry, the, the NATO, which is not that different. Um, so I'm going to reread this. Germany, England, France, Italy, America, and Scandinavia should arrive at some agreement whereby they would prevent their nationals from assisting in the industrialization of countries such as China and India. It is suicidal. It is suicidal to promote the establishment in agricultural countries of Asia of manufacturing industries. This is exactly what Maurice Strong and the entire Green New Deal of the Great Reset Agenda is all about, is preventing poor nations from accessing manufacturing and keeping them cash-cropping, low-technology uh, nations who are dependent upon the power structures that are supposed to monopolize these things of the, the superior castes. So Hitler was, was not a nationalist. And he wasn't even a nationalist socialist, even though his name was socialist. He was an imperialist. He had an idea of a global expanded Lebensraum that would fill in the new better breeds of human. That is supposedly what Hitler, the, uh, the you know, who, who himself didn't exactly embody the blue-eyed, blonde, Aryan uh, god type that he so worshipped. Um, as himself being just somebody with a big inferiority complex and a German grandmother, uh, a, a Jewish grandmother that probably made him a little insecure. Um, but he had, he was an imperialist who wanted openly to, just like the Banderites today in Ukraine, to destroy the Russian culture, to destroy the, the untermenschen Russians and create a slave colony where today there is Russia. That's what Operation Barbarossa was all about. And, uh, and he was very, very happy to work with fellow co-thinkers of a eugenics bent in Britain, in America, to carve up the world in eugenics-managed regions under a one-world government, under the Bank of International Settlements, the Bank of England, and the League of Nations, which would then be the overarching uh, controlling centers. Now, Hitler at a certain point realized the League of Nations wasn't working for him. He'd have to create something new which looked a lot more like what Pan-Europa was under Count Kudenhova Kalergi. And that's why at a certain point, the British controllers had to, had to put down their Frankenstein machine because, you know, they, they're good. It's like they're good at creating these monstrosities, but they're not always so good at controlling what these monstrosities do when they get to a certain amount of power. And the fact that today you have, you have Schultz of Germany condemning Russia, condemning Putin for running, for having a parade on May 9th of Victory Day saying that this is just uh, the Russian Putin in trying to intimidate us, which they've been doing every year, is Victory Day parades, where Russia, Russia which took on 90 plus 90% of the Wehrmacht, they killed, of the most violent Nazi killers of World War II, 90, 90 plus percent were killed in by the Russians. The Russians lost 20, 25 million people. The Chinese carried out the heavy lifting, in World War II, having lost 10 million Chinese people fighting the Japanese fascists who themselves, the Japanese fascists, uh, were very, very closely tied to Wall Street in the city of London. Um, well, if, is, you, if you remember, man, Emperor yeah. Hirohito was a member of the Order of the Garter. <laughs> he was. He yeah. was. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he was honored by the king. Um, so, you know, it, it's the... 
the whole thing, history is in some ways more complicated and in other ways more simple than uh, than many people think it is. And when you look at this history, the, the reason why today Russia and China are taking up the torch that they also took up 80 years ago, putting down the, the last one world government fascist machine, the reason why they can do that is because they are using the power of the sovereign nation state system itself on an economic security cultural level in a manner which is very different from how this, the sovereign nation state, which is not very sovereign in the West, has been used to enslave us because we lost our sovereignty when we gave up our respect for our culture, our value systems. We permitted it to go into the garbage dumpster when we became a hedonistic, live for the moment, live for yourself first society under specifically the baby boomers, which uh, really took this on in mass. And there's exceptions and very moral and good baby boomers, but as a cultural group in human history, it, it, is, an it is an anomaly. Um, it is a, a group that suffered the biggest array of social engineering that has ever been subjected onto a generation as a, a guinea pig generation. And the consequences of that was the most pliable generation of people with, again, I have many baby boomer friends who are exceptions. And I'm not saying everybody is like this, but as a general um, generation, it is. It's a huge problem. And we we brought this on. Now these people are in their 70s and their 80s. They're dying and their kids and grandkids and great grandkids are the ones who are now left with a nihilistic, no sense of a, of, of a future and accepting the idea that drag queens should represent the U.S. military as as or or Bud Light or whatever else or, or that, you know, men, people who are born men, males should be the winners of female sports um, or, or become the best actresses which are, are, are males who are identifying as females winning Best Actress Awards at the Emmys. And, I mean, the, the level of insanity is so high. And so your book should be written about the insanity of oligarchism from the top and from the bottom. I look forward to your book. Uh, I will buy it. I will encourage other people to buy it. And I'll just say, this is it. I mean, the, the whole idea of hereditary structures of the age of might makes right, it's a, it's an ex, it's an extinction ethos. It's, it's only... An, an ethos of organizing society, which is which is in harmony with a society that wants to go extinct, a suicidal society that doesn't want to exist, which is runs contrary to the souls of people and to natural law and God's law, which made us in such a way that we have a desire for truth, for love, for goodness, for getting better. So this oligarchical system runs contrary to the actual currents and force of, of, of history and of nature itself. And I think that uh, when you look at, again, China, Russia, India, and, and this entire multipolar alliance, which is coming online, and you take off the libertarian Austrian school uh, pro Magna Carta lens of the black-pilled groupings of James Corbett or Catherine Austin Fitz or Ian Davis, or any of the others who have been contaminated with this tendency to only look through this one particular filter... Um, you start seeing that there's actually a more hopeful, reasonably hopeful future awaiting for us, even though the current uh, storm is going to challenge a lot of us in ways we never expected. So I'll just end it with that. Very well said, Maddie. Very well said. Folks, with that being said, check out Matthew's website, uh, CanadianPatriot.org, CanadianPatriot.org, RisingTideFoundation.net, and also check out his Substack. With that being said, uh, we'll and then get to get all the books. And with that being said, 
We are over and out. Thank you all for listening in. I, I, I want to address this ass clown over there named Benny Blanco. Benny Blanco! Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Reminds me of the character from Carlito's Way. What's he saying? He's talking about the 19th Amendment, which is ending women's suffrage. Now, I talked about that years ago. right? This, this ass hat over here okay, keeps repeating himself. Eh, it's a big, the 19th Amendment is the biggest thing, the number one thing on his list. Hey, let me explain something to you, Benny. I'm from New York. Don't have much patience, bro. I, I warn you once. That's it. I warn you twice. That's it. It, it, it's stupid. Now, you're going to do two things here, right? If you got, if you're so, you have a hard on for the 19th Amendment, that's fine. That's cool. You want to learn about solutions. We offer solutions all the time. That's number one. Number two, we do seminars on solutions, real solutions, like how to get out of debt, how to clean up your credit, how to win, how to bank properly, how to make yourself unsuable, right? How to make yourself uncensorable, the whole nine yards, how to operate really in the system. If you think you, you we're going to gather together and we're going to overthrow the 19th Amendment. ain't going to happen, bro. It's not going to happen. What's going to happen first is there's going to be an economic collapse in the United States. That is the first thing that's going to occur. The question you need to ask yourself instead of, instead of you sitting there with a hard-on for the 19th Amendment, what you need to figure out is what the hell are you going to do about it? Okay? And if you think you got your little hex token, I see a little hex symbol in there, that that's going to somehow save you in the coming, in the coming days. you got another thing coming for you. Anyway, that's what I'll, I'll address it. And I'll leave it at that. And uh, if Benny Blanco, Benny Blanco from the Bronx, is uh, is uh, in the Discord and he's spamming the Discord, I'm gonna throw him out of there as well. That's just the bottom line. It's trolling. I get it. It's an, an, <laughs> very annoying. Bill Lodge says, "I bet I could sue that guy." Bill, <laughs> Bill is a legal. He's a legal assassin. Don't want to mess with Bill on that one. Anyway, that being said, Matt, I apologize for the drama. Um, <laughs> Oh, Benny, you want to come on the show and, do, and talk what? You want to talk about the 19th Amendment for two hours? I can explain it much better this way. Sure, Benny. Sure. Sure. Look, look for the look for a stream your link. Link with me on stream. If you're serious about coming on board and, and talking about what your point is, I'll be happy to put you on, bro. I'll be happy to put you on. <laughs> anyway, reach out to me on, on, on Discord. We'll take it from there. Anyway, Matt, thank you so much for listening uh, for coming on board sharing this stuff with us. And with that being said, folks, we're at the end of the show. We'll be back tomorrow with Cuss with Gus. Cheers. Cheers.